0: Praise the Lord. I appreciate you being back in the house of God tonight. Good to see this good number. Please turn in your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. This morning I spoke to you about setting your house in order. And I asked several of you how you were doing tonight. You said, okay. Considering the message this morning. But we all have something to work on. Every one of us do. And so I hope you'll take it with that attitude and that spirit. And I know that you will. Or you wouldn't have been back tonight. And I appreciate you being faithful. Tonight I want to preach on setting yourself in order. Yourself in order. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. Matthew 6 verse number 33. This was a verse of Scripture that the Lord confirmed to me as a young man that He wanted me to go into the ministry. And this verse meant very much to me. I believe it, and I have tried to practice it. I have believed in my heart that if I would seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that all the things that I would need that He would provide. And the Bible says here, "...and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself." I don't think the Lord Jesus was um, was condemning you for planning ahead for a few things, but He certainly didn't want you eat up about tomorrow and being obsessed about what might happen in the future. He wanted you to find that divine balance, and you do your best, and you trust God with the rest. And He says, "Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof." I want to give you some things tonight about uh, setting yourself in order as far as seeking the kingdom of God first in your life. And if you'll take these things, it will, I think, implicate that you are. And I think that it will be a practical way of fulfilling these scriptures on a daily basis. So let's pray first. Father, in Jesus' name, would you bless your servant as we search the scriptures and, Lord, setting our own personal lives in order that would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn with me quickly. We're going to look at some scriptures tonight. Look at 1 Timothy chapter number 2. 1 Timothy and chapter number 2. I have spoken on a few of these things in the days gone by, but I don't expect you to remember. Uh, it's been probably several years since I have mentioned a few things about this, but uh, this you may remember some of them I don't know. But I know the Lord wants me to tell you again. I knew, knew, do know that. And so tonight I want, first of all, For you to do some things, if you're a teenager, a young adult, whether you're 7, 17, 27, or 57, here's what I need you to start trying to do each day as for setting your life in order that you might seek first the kingdom of God. Chapter 2, verse number 1, let me say, first of all, give the Lord the first part of each day. The first part of each day. I don't know what your work schedule is. As I said this morning, please don't come up here with me with the loopholes. Uh, you know what I mean when I say the first part of each day. When you have a chance to give God some time when you first get up. Uh, if you're working a night shift, and you know, I understand that. I've done that. Some of you are doing that. Now, but I'm saying that when you first wake up and you're fixing to face the world, the flesh and the devil, you need to give God a first part of of your day. You say, Brother Roger, you don't understand. I got cobwebs in my head. I got I got all kinds of st- going on. I can't even hardly function. Well, when you get through some of that, uh, would you at least then give God some of your time? Would you do that? All right? Look in chapter two, verse number one. I want to call this, Brother Lauren, my me time with God. You have to have some me time with God. If you're going to seek the kingdom of God first, you have to have, you must have some me time with the Lord. Chapter 2 verse 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. And so the Lord is, is warning. listen, you have to understand something about the Lord when He saved you. He did not save you simply to take you to heaven. He saved you, and that's, that's eternity. He's, he's good with that, but he would like to have communion and fellowship with you today. Amen. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to commune with him. And he wants the first part of each day. And the Bible says here, I exhort, therefore, first of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks. So I want to encourage it when it's possible. Spend some me time with God each morning and acknowledge Him with a good attitude and a spirit. Have some communion with Him. Fellowship with Him. Talk to Him like He is in the room with you reverently and share your heart with Him. But don't just get up in the morning and start asking. Acknowledge Him. You know about some things that He has saved you. Go down that list in Colossians chapter number 1. Of all the riches and benefits that God gave you. When He saved you in Christ Jesus. And those things are not based upon your nervous system. And your feelings. And your circumstances. They are the same every day. Not based upon your performance. But upon His promises. And He does not break His promises. I love it when I hear some of you say, I was reading in my Bible the other day. And I know some of you work very hard. And I know you get up very early. But I ask you to give God some of your me time with Him in the morning and commune with Him. Now you've heard the illustration many times here. but Let's use it again in case you haven't. The perfect illustration of this is in the Old Testament when the Lord said, I'm going to put some manna out there for you. You've got to get up there before the sun gets up. Before the sun hits it, and before it melts, he said, you get out there and you gather enough for one day. Don't gather up three or four or five or six loads. It ain't going to work because I'm going to make sure it stinks. He said, you get enough for one day because I want to see you the next morning. Amen. You understand? God, I mean, you can't eat full breakfast this tomorrow morning. You understand? Well, some of you maybe can, but I'm saying it's not going to last. You're going to be wanting breakfast the next day. So you got to get up in the morning and give God some of your me time and talk to Him. Fellowship with Him. And pour your heart out to Him. And just commune with Him. I'm telling you, talking about seeking the kingdom of God first, this is where it starts. It is that me time with the Lord. Do you do that? Give Him some time. Read your Bible. Pray. Talk to Him. Some mornings you feel more like praying than reading. Some mornings you're going to feel more like reading than praying. It's whatever the Spirit of God. Don't, don't make it a ritual. Don't make it a, a rule. Don't make it a commandment. Do it because you want to. Now I know some of you are probably going to take your sweethearts out on Valentine's. Maybe, maybe you maybe don't. But, but if you do, uh, you know, I don't want you sitting across the table and say, Well, I just want you to know I'm doing my duty and I love you. So let's hurry and get this over with. I'm here, ain't I? How many women would appreciate that attitude? And so the Lord, when you get up in the morning to talk to Him, He doesn't want you to come to Him out of duty. He wants you to come to Him out of desire. That you want to talk to Him. You want to pull your heart out to Him. First part of each day. Second of all, I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and look in verse number 2. First part of each day. First part of each day, even if you are a sleepyhead, do your very best to get up and give God some time. After you wake up and drink a cup of coffee or something, just ask the Lord to start to helping you to do this. Don't jump into your day without talking to God. Amen. Don't do that. You're not that good. You're not that strong. That's right. First part of each day. Number two. Give him the first day of each week. Give him the first day of each week. The Bible says here in verse number 1, it says, "Now, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, so do ye upon the first day of the week. Why did he choose that? Because that was the day that they were meeting together as a New Testament church, the first day of the week. And you need to set aside the first day of the week. Again, not trying to put you underneath any kind of laws or or commandments. But I'm telling you, God wants you to set aside some time to rest your body, rest your mind, and restore your soul. I don't call this my me time with God. I call this my we time with God. Me and you with God. Our we time. And it is the proud man in here who uh, who may think he doesn't need to give God the first day of the week and doesn't need to be at church on Sunday. But I promise you, you will not. You will not uh, get stronger. You will get weaker. You need to give God the first day of the week. And, and listen, giving God the first day of the week, that's not a Sunday morning decision. That's a decision you make during the week. Look with me in Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. Real quick, if you would. Acts 20, verse number 7. Our wee time with God. You need to spend some time at the house of the Lord. Now, I realize that some some of you have to work on Sunday from time to time. And maybe you might even have to do some things uh, during the day at times. But try your best. You know, God made the human body to work on seven-day cycles. It's an amazing thing of how God has made the human body. And how the earth works around the number seven. It's an amazing thing. We are no longer uh, have to uh, obey the Sabbath as far as what the Jews had to do in the, in the Old Testament. But the Lord did give us the first day of the week and we use that. Now, look at this. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse number seven. The Bible says and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to What? To break bread. You see they were not at work that day. They came together to break bread. They were breaking no doubt having communion together. As far as how they did in those days. But they also spent time together around the things of God. You were made for this. The Lord wants you to take a day off. And He wants you to gather together with the saints of God. It is that Assembling together, assembling together, gathering together and giving God that first day of each week. It reveals, number one, that you believe that and trust that God knows best. And number two, it shows a lack of trust in yourself because you are saying, I need my brethren. I need my sisters in Christ. It is the arrogant man. Who thinks that he does not need his church family. If you just hit church once in a while. You're going to be a weak Christian. You're going to be a worldly Christian. You are going to be one that wobbles on the axle. You say well I don't need that much church. That just shows how ignorant that you are. And how arrogant that you are. Because the Lord designed each of us to need each other. On a consistent basis. First day of each week. And you should desire to be here to be a blessing, not just to get a blessing. Amen? I mean, God's going to use you to encourage somebody. Now, again, I had asked you to look at 1 Corinthians 16. Would you look back there with me again? Well, put, yeah, yeah, go to second. Yeah, yeah. Let me stop just a minute. My brain's working faster than my lips can move, so I'm sorry about that sometimes. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 2. I want to say, number one, that you ought to give God the first part of each day. First part of each day. All right? Because, you know, if you don't do that, you're going to wind up being a Martha. Uh, And I don't mean that in a bad way if your name's Martha here tonight, but I am telling you this. In the Bible, Martha got away from the things that she needed to get a hold of first. And she was, uh, got to where she was griping about her sister. She loved her sister, but she got to criticizing her. And then she even got to telling the Lord what to do. And if you're not careful, when you don't spend some time with God, the people that you love the most, you'll wind up taking them lightly and criticizing them because they'll never satisfy you because there's something wrong with your own heart. You got to spend some time with God. God will squeeze that heart. He'll help you to love each other. He'll help you to love your wife. He'll help you to love your neighbor. He'll help you to love your brother. He'll do that. The Holy Ghost has been placed into you and shed abroad in your heart. But you've got to be sensitive to Him and you've got to let Him work through you. And when you don't spend time with Him, it grieves Him. It quenches Him. It kind of chokes out the things that you need. Don't leave your first love. Your first love is the Lord. Your first love is Jesus Christ. And you need to spend some time with Him and thank God that He came and obeyed the Father and bought your soul through His precious blood. First day of each week, set aside some time as we heard some of these men this morning say that their wives do not have to ask them on Sunday morning, Honey, are we going to church today? Their wives already make plans on Saturday night because they know they're going to the house of God on Sunday morning. They know that unless something happens. And that's the way it ought to be. That's the it ought to be. The kids already already know. Listen, no, we're not, we're not having to go to church. We're getting to go to church. I wasn't sad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I wasn't mad when they said unto me, let me go to the house of the Lord. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. First day of each week. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, look in verse number 2. I want to say, first, third of all, we want to seek the kingdom of God first. Then you must deal with the first part of each payday. First part of each payday. I saw how well you responded to that financial part this morning. I thought I'd hit it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Look at verse number 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you, lay by him in store, as God hath what? Prospered him. That there be no gatherings when I come. The first part of each payday. God wants you to give on purpose. Now when He used that word prosper, it means that when I receive my check and we start making out checks immediately, For our tithes, our our missions, and whatever else we want to give to. We are acknowledging that God has prospered us. And we want to be sure to give Him the first fruits of what He has blessed us with. And we have done that since the day that we got married. We've been doing, I've been doing that since the day I got saved. And that's been a long time. That's been almost, that's 45, 50 years. And I'm telling you, God has been faithful And I'm telling you that the first part of each payday. Now look, look in 2 Corinthians. uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse number 12. Can I say to you that over those years it hasn't always been convenient for me to do that? It hasn't always been easy at times for me to do that. But it's been right for me to do that. All right, look in second Corinthians 8 and verse number 12. Here's what God's looking for. He says this. He says, and see God's not looking for a certain amount from you as much as he is the heart and a percentage, really. He says in verse 12, for if there be first a what? a willing mind. A willing mind. If there be first a willing mind, it is accepted. According to a, that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Amen. Look over in chapter 9. Look in verse number 6. I love this verse of Scripture. He says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Now he's using this in the. as an illustration of giving. If you don't plant any tomato plants, and then you're disappointed this spring when you don't have any tomatoes, Whose fault is that? And you want to plant a, a crop of wheat, and you want to put a few grains out there. You're expecting the field the next next two or three months. That's not going to happen. He says, "He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully." Money measures your heart. It really does. You see, money represents time. You work. You gave your life, your hours. And the Lord wants you simply to acknowledge the fact that He gave you the strength to work. He gave you the opportunity to work. He allowed you to prosper. And He just wants you to... God doesn't need your money. He just wants you to trust Him. Now look what He says. Look at verse number 7. I love this. Every man according as he purposes in his heart... So I believe that He wants me to purpose each day to get up and talk to Him. I believe He wants me to purpose in my heart to be at the Lord's house on the Lord's day. And I believe He wants me to purpose in my heart that I will give. That I will give not grudgingly. That I will not give out of necessity and guilt. Or buy an insurance from God. He said, for God loveth a cheerful, a cheerful giver. And he said in verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God's able to give you things that money cannot buy. Look with me, please, in uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to give because you love Him, because you're seeking His kingdom, and because you want to. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number, uh, we we heard a little bit about this Friday night, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and verse number 10 because verse number 5 and verse number 6 is the one that we know by heart that if we'll trust in the Lord with all of our hearts lean not unto our own understanding but acknowledge him in all of our ways he would direct our path and he's telling us very carefully that that we should be not be wise in our own eyes but we should fear the Lord but notice what he says in verse number 8 and 9 that should be verse 9 and 10. Well, actually, verse 8 and verse 9 and 10, it says that if you'll walk with the Lord on, in, in a normal, I always seem to have to use that term, in normal circumstances and situations, it will improve your health and improve your wealth if you would just do right. Amen. Sin costs money, yes, and it costs you your health. It does. One of the reasons why our country is going belly up financially is because we want to pay for fools lifestyles. Yes, right. And we will not allow them to reap the consequences of their foolish decisions. And so people who work, they take their taxes and their money and they provide a safety net for people who are complete idiots and fools and wicked. And now they want to pass a law whereby that we can now buy some 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 things so that People who are hooked on drugs can take their drugs in a safe place and not reap the consequences of their foolish decisions. I'm not interested in buying somebody some cocaine. (laughs) Man, leave my taxes alone if that's what you're going to do with it. Well, I better get off of that because I get mad and I won't be able to preach in the Lord, in the Spirit, if I do that. I'll preach in the Spirit, but it won't be the Spirit of the Lord. (laughs) All right? And he says in verse 8, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. You'll do right, seriously, it'll help you physically. You agree with that? If you'll just do right, it'll help you physically. All right, verse 9, but he says here about first part of each payday, he says, honor the Lord. That's what I want to do. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to honor Him with my payday. How do you do that? Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. First part of each payday. As God has prospered me. Verse 10 So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Doesn't mean that I'll be a rich man, but it means I'll have more than enough. That I'll be able not only to have enough for me, but I'll have enough to share with somebody else. New Testament teaches if I'd work, be quiet, work with my own hands, I'll have enough for me, and I'll have enough to help for my brother that's in need. That's what God wants. I'd like to be able to be a giver. Not always a taker or a taker at all. I'd like to be a giver and to help others. All right? Now turn with me to Joshua chapter number 9. Joshua chapter number 9. I'll show you the last one. Joshua chapter number 9. I don't want any of you to go in shock because that's the last one and it's only 635. Okay? Because I say it's the last one don't mean it's a short one. (laughs) Hey, who said Amen. Joshua chapter nine. Joshua chapter number nine. If you want to seek the kingdom of God first, boy, I sure hope that you do. And I know there's some young people in here that are trying to do what's right. I I, I see some young men and women that are in their twenties here in church tonight. A lot of Super Bowl parties going on tonight. A lot of churches have dismissed services tonight to even have Super Bowl parties at their assembly. And thank God you're here tonight to hear the Word of God. What a blessing that is. Thank you for making some difficult decisions when your friends make fun of you or they don't. They just kind of shun you because you try to do what's right. You don't say yes to what they want to do. I thank God for you. I do. Joshua chapter number 9. I want to show you one other thing here. All right, first part of each day, first day of each week, first part of each payday, and here in Joshua chapter 9, I want, you to, I want you to make the Lord the first part of every major decision that you make. Now look at this passage here. This is where Joshua and the army of Israel have begun to take the land. And there's some tribes around that have, that have seen and heard the power of God. And the Gibeonites are one of those tribes and they live in a long way off. And they know that Israel is rolling through there like a, like a bulldozer. And God's with them. They took Jericho. If they take Jericho, they can probably take anybody. The Gibeonites hear about it. They get together. And they say, boy, I tell you what, we better, we better do something here. Or they're going to wipe us out too. And so what they do is they get some old bread. They find some old shoes. They put on some old clothes. And they make the journey. And they go up and see the Israelites' leadership. And they say, hey, guys, listen, we live a, we live a long way off from you. And we would just like to make a peace treaty with you if we could. Look, read with me here, if you would, in Joshua chapter number nine. Look in verse number eight. And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are you, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country. Not true. When you get ready to make some major decisions, Don't believe everything everybody tells you. You need to seek some godly counsel. You need to seek counsel at the mouth of the Lord first. And then seek some wise and some godly counsel. And don't just go in this direction. Your peers go above them. Somebody that's a little bit older. Somebody that has been through the battle and can see things that young folks can't see. He said, They said unto him, From a very far country, Thy servants are, be, are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, to Og, king of Bashan, which was at Ashtoreth. Wherefore our and what that's flattery, by the way. It's true, but it, this is flattery. Because their goal is to deceive. Verse 11... Wherefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals. Our country word for that is vittles. You've heard that word right, vittles. You ever watch the Clampets? You ever watch Beverly Hillbillies? Granny fixes some vittles. She was fixing some victuals. Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make ye a league with us. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day that we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. What principle does that teach you? Everything is not as it appears. You know, that is very hard for a young, young men and young women to actually grab a hold of that and believe that because they may want something to be so. That's really not. But they're not the only ones guilty of that. We are too. And the Scripture says in verse 13, These bottles of wine which we feel were new, and behold, they be rent, and these are our garments and our shoes, are become old by reason of the very long journey. Everything that he's saying is all a lie. Every bit of it. This is the world. The world is deceptive, and they're liars, and they want you. They want you to compromise. They want to to be friends with you. But you cannot be friends with the world and be the friend of God. It's impossible. The world is at enmity with God and God is at enmity with the world. The world hated your Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in verse 14, And the men took of their victuals." excuse me, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Man, i am telling you, that's that's that Mississippi stuff. It says, And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel. Look at this. Ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Now that's when you've reached the point where you think that you know enough to go ahead and make a major decision without praying about it and without talking to somebody else about it before you make that decision. This is a critical part of our lives, making major decisions. It's one thing, and you know this is true, sometimes you can, when you're on the busy, busy, busy freeway, and you can get off at a certain exit, but you can't always get back on when you want to. When you make some decisions, you, you're, this, is not, this is not Disney World where you always wind up where you want to be at the end of the movie. You make some decisions and you don't recover from them. You just don't. Not financially, not morally, not even physically in some situations. You don't always get to reset and go back where you started from. Would to God that you could. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. And that's a reality of life. Sometimes young folks will say, man, you just, you know, to the mom and dad or to me or to Brother Ed, well, you're just always so negative. No, we're not. No, we're not negative. We are realists. And there are consequences to bad choices. And we we did not determine the law of gravity. We did not determine the law of sowing and reaping. God did. And when you make certain decisions, there are serious consequences to it. So if you want to seek the kingdom of God first, then you're going to have to seek His counsel when it comes to a major decision like who are you going to marry. That's a major decision. Every man ought to have a, a good church, a good job, and a good woman. All three are hard to come by. And if you do come by them, you need to hold on to them. A good job, a good church, and a good woman. Amen. And so I pray that before you make some of those decisions, uh, don't, don't let the world talk you out of the will of God. Don't let the world talk you into something that eventually is going to hurt your family down the road. Don't do that. Don't do that. And look what he says again here in verse number 14. Good counsel here now. Scriptural counsel. It says, And the men took of their victuals, and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them, made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. It came to pass at the end of three days, after they made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. Now the truth comes to the surface, but it's too late. They have sworn a league uh, with, really, the enemies of God because of a foolish decision. And so I want to encourage you tonight to understand the seriousness. If you're going to seek, set yourself in order, yourself in order. Men, You may think that all the major decisions were made when you were 18, 25, or 30. You have to make major decisions to the day that, sometimes to the day that you go to the grave. And don't be too old to seek counsel. Don't be too old to, as the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, don't be like that king that no longer would be admonished. If you have shown yourself to be a man and you've made good decisions, that doesn't mean the next decision will be the right decision if you just kind of do what what, uh, Joshua and some of these men said, you know what, man, we've taken these cities and we've done this and we've done that. Why should I have to? I don't want to bother the Lord about this. I'll just make a decision right here. Be careful about that. And by the way, be careful about somebody pressing you to make a decision right now. You go into a car dealership and they say, Well, this car's only going to be available another day. You're going to make a decision today, it's going to be gone. You go into a, buy furniture. Well, listen, this sale's going off in about a couple of days. You better buy now. That is exactly they, they all say the same thing. Don't be rushed into. If you can help it. If you can help it. Some decisions you got to make right away. But be like Nehemiah and talk to God from your heart while you're you're having to make that decision. Cry out to God, and Lord, please answer me speedily. Right now, Lord, I need an answer now. But talk to God before you make that major decision. I I think a major decision is where you go to church. I think that's a very major decision. And it doesn't need to be a church where that just makes your kids feel good. It needs to be a church that preaches the word of God and has some good leadership and has some biblical principles they try to operate by. It doesn't mean they won't have a battle on their hands because you're in a war. I think the man or the woman that you're courting, uh, if you're you're young and you're thinking about marriage, the the person that you're courting and the the person that you're thinking about marriage, every date is a potential mate. You've heard that, haven't you? Every date's a potential mate. And so you need to, before you make, before you say, I do, then you need to ask somebody. And, and I would ask more than one person because another, one person may have a, an attitude towards somebody that might be and may have a hidden agenda behind why they're telling you, what they're telling you. But I'd seek some good counsel, some godly counsel. I'm thinking about a young man right now who called me, who's now a member of our church, and we sat down and we talked. And he sought counsel and he made a hard decision. And he walked away from a relationship based on godly counsel. That's hard to do. I appreciate it. Do you understand? It's critical that you make good decisions. And boy, the Lord, do do you think that you have to beg God to help you make a good decision? Do you think he wants you to make a good decision? Do you think maybe he's just wanting you to talk to him a little bit about it? And He'll guide you and help you. And so I pray, you know, a major purchase. A major purchase that you're going to make. Why don't you pray about that? I have to admit, I don't pray about everything that I purchase. But if it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, I'm certainly going to pray about that decision. I pray that you would. Don't be hasty. Seek the kingdom of God first. The Lord knows that you need all these things. And He says, I love you and I care about you and I want to help you. Here's what I want you to do with me though. He says, I want you to come talk to me first part of every day. Unless you and I talk. To be alone with Him. If you have to get in the truck and talk to Him on the way to work, do it. But get alone with Him and talk to Him. Ladies, you got a bunch of little kids around you. That's not always easy to do, is it? Sometimes you just wore, slapped to a frazzle. You don't know what that means. That means you're very tired. God knows that. He knows that. He sees that. And He cares. But He does want you even from your heart, when you're sitting there rocking that baby, he'd like to hear from your heart. You talk to him when you can. I, I don't think he minds you talking to him all day, but give him the first part of the day. Give him the first day of the week. And give him the first part of each payday, and then give him the first part of every major decision that you make. And I believe that you will have manifested the fact that you truly are seeking the kingdom of God first. Amen. Let's stand together, please. Father, thank you for this dear church family. And those that were able to watch at home, Lord, I pray you'd speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that the dear saints of God here would, would receive the Word of God and make some changes in their life. This morning, Lord, through your Word, we ask them to set their house in order. And tonight, Lord, we are, through your Word, asking them to set their own lives in order. And Father, I pray they would leave the house of God today, meditate, think upon the things they've heard today, And do more than just hear it. But Lord, become doers of it. That their lives might be blessed. In Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.